Welcome to Hot Copy Radio Theater. You are about to hear a cast of very talented voice performers recreate a long-lost episode of Hot Copy, an exciting audio drama about the wild adventures of a young woman newspaper reporter, which was broadcast on the NBC radio network between 1941 and 1944. This recreation is adapted from the original script. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time for Hot Copy, the vivid drama behind the paragraphs of a daily newspaper column. Hot Copy is the absorbing story of a young newspaper woman, Ann Rogers, a clever, attractive girl with a nationally syndicated column, Second Glance, in which she uncovers many events which other, less courageous reporters would be afraid to touch. Her stories, in the words of her adventurous profession, are always Hot Copy. Now, listen to today's new and exciting episode, Compliments of a Killer. Adapted from the original script as broadcast on radio on Sunday, October 22nd, 1944. But of course, my dear Mrs. Montgomery, I would be delighted to have dinner with you. Tonight? Oh, I'm sorry I have another engagement. Perhaps some other evening this week. Boss! Hey, boss! Quiet, you dimwit. I'll be with you in a minute. Sorry, boss. Please excuse me, Mrs. Montgomery. My valet just announced a caller from the embassy. So tiresome. Now, about dinner... Tomorrow? At eight? Why, yes, that would be delightful. I shall count the hours. So, au revoir, dear lady. Well, Nick? I'm sorry, boss, I... How many times do I have to tell you to not interrupt me when I'm talking on the phone? And stop calling me boss? I'm supposed to be accounting, you're my valet. Can't you get that into your thick head? Sure, boss, I mean, your highness... Lordship. Your lordship. That's better. Now, what is it that you want to tell me? I just want to tell you that everything is fixed up for tonight. Really? You got the tickets? Yeah. Arranged for that extra large crate and the truck? <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> but uh, when you carry me away, Nick, please don't forget. Handle with care. Okay, except... I still don't like it. It's too risky, packing yourself inside a wooden crate and having it delivered to that dame's apartment. I've got to get in there, Nick. She's collected enough evidence to send us both up the river. I've got to get those papers before she blows our racket wide open. Yeah, but there must be some easier way of getting it inside her apartment. There isn't. I know what I'm doing, Nick. Well, I hope so. She and that young secretary friend of hers will go to the concert. And I'll have enough time to find everything I want and get out of there. Maybe, but if anything goes wrong and she catches you, you'll regret it. No, Nick, that's where you're mistaken. I mean business. If anything goes wrong and I'm caught, it's Miss Ann Rogers who will regret it. 
I can't believe I let you trick me into coming over to your apartment just to work all night after working all day. You fooled me into thinking that you wanted me to come over for the two of us to just relax and unwind. For once, you got me here under false pretenses, Annie. I should have known that you are never off the clock. I must be the stupidest girl in the entire city. Wait, what? You've truly hurt my feelings, Sprightly Pool. All that I promised was a quiet evening at home. And here you are, in my home. We've had food and drinks, and it's quiet. Very quiet. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nothing to do but sit around and listen to the cheerful clicking of the typewriter keys. Oh, gee, Annie, do we really have to work tonight? You know we do, Sprightly. You want to send Sajetti to jail, don't you? Sure, but I don't want to spend my life in solitary confinement to do it. Well, we're almost through anyway, and the clicking of those typewriter keys has already got Sajetti hanging on the ropes. One or two more columns, exposing all the dirt we found, and that fake count will be... Down for the count, eh? Okay, okay. I guess you know me too well. Do or die for the dear old second glance. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's get back to work. Okay, but first, I need to take a look at today's mail. Ha! That's what you think. Now, I wonder who that could be. What do we do? Just stand here and guess? No, of course not. I'll get it. Just a minute! Sprightly, the phone. Huh? That wasn't the phone, Annie. It's somebody at the door. I know, but... Go walk over to the phone, just in case, please. In case? In case of what? Sajetti is a dangerous man, and he knows I'm on his trail. I don't want to open that door and find him standing there. I understand. Okay, sugar. I'm all set. Good. So I'll go see who it is. Coming! Good evening, miss. May I have five minutes of your valuable time? What? I may. Thank ya. Now, I'm just a poor boy working my way through reform school, and I represent the What's a Hoochamadoodle Gadget Corporation, Incorporated, of West Whippoorwill, Wisconsin. <laughs> Jeff Warren, of all the idiots. Is everything all right, Annie? Yes, it's only Jeff. <laughs> Get in here, you nitwit, before my neighbors think I'm running a nut factory. Now, miss, I have here a gimmick to end all gimmicks. A combination cheese knife, bottle opener, and hair dryer with a built-in sundial. Jeff, please. I give up. I'll buy one. And also a small electric flashlight so you can read the sundial at night. Huh? You will? Yes, yes. Anything to shut you up. Well, now, isn't that life for you? My first sales talk. I make a sale. And the gadget I'm selling hasn't even been invented yet. <sighs> oh, well. Hiya, Sprightly. Hi, yourself. 
What brings you here? As if I didn't know. Oh, just the desire for peace, comfort, and companionship. I'm the sensitive type. Why don't you join the Lonely Hearts Club? Hmm, maybe you got something there. <laughs> well, Jeff, if it's, um, companionship you want, you've come to the wrong place tonight. You mean you won't come play with me? I mean, we can't. Unfortunately, tonight we're up to our ears in work. She means we're up to her ears. Ah, shucks. And I was just in the mood for ringing doorbells. What's cooking, anyhow? Sajetti. Spaghetti? No. Count Fasili Theodore Theophil Sajetti. Oh, that guy. The ersatz Earl. Then you think he's a fake, too? Edison couldn't have invented anything as phony. He claims he's a refugee from Hungary. <laughs> That's one syllable too many. He's just a refugee from hunger. Period. A professional con artist trying to find a lifelong meal ticket. And the richer, the better. Ah, my dear lady, you are so beautiful tonight. I kiss your lovely fingers. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. But do the fair, fat, and fading females actually fall for that line? You mean, do they think he's the real McCoy? Enough for him to, um... Borrow almost $70,000 with his alleged estate in Europe as collateral. What? Mm-hmm. Now comes the dawn. You're out to spike his guns, eh? Yes, and I've got everything that I need to do it, too. Affidavits from several of his victims. All spelled S-U-C-K-E-R-S. Plus, we've got a stack of proof that he's actually a two-bit swindler from Detroit, with a criminal record as long as your arm. I've heard all that I need to hear. I've seen the Rogers brain in action before, and something tells me that pretty soon Count Vasily Sajetti will be enjoying all of his free meals in the state penitentiary. <sighs> well, I guess I'll be rolling along then. Oh, please don't rush off, Jeff. We haven't taken the plunge yet. <laughs> We've just had a bite to eat. There are some leftovers and snacks, so go have some and take something cold to drink. Then just make yourself at home. Well, uh, okay. Good. And in the meantime, you won't mind if I look through my mail? No, of course not. Hmm, there doesn't seem to be anything important. Just the usual, fan letters, bills, advertisements. Bills and advertisements? I get those too. Fan letters? Never. Say, what's this one? It looks... Ooh, such luck. What's wrong, Sugar Plum? Just look. With the compliments of the management, two tickets to the Academy of Music for tonight. What? You got freebies? Oh, boy, do you rate. Academy of Music? What makes there? 
What makes there? You mean who? Di Giori. The fiddler? Yes, I was there the other night. He's wonderful. Oh, this is a shame. Shame? You call free tickets to a concert shameful? I do when you can't use them. Oh, Annie, can't we go? Please, let's go. Sure, Anne. Let's all go. I can pick up a ticket at the box office. Oh, I'd love to, but I absolutely have to wind all this up tonight. I... I... But wait. There's no sense in wasting these two tickets, so... Now you're talking. I'll call a cab right now. No, Jeff. I can't go. But you and Sprightly can. I have to organize all of my data before I can start writing, and that will take me at least two hours. By the time you get back, I'll be all ready to dictate. That is, if Sprightly doesn't mind working later. Who, me? Heck no. But only Jeff and me. I mean, oh golly, I don't want to play post office with your, um, private mail, Annie. Oh, come on, Sprightly. We'll hold hands in the dark and eat popcorn together between the acts and make Annie jealous as sin. I hope. <laughs> okay, that's settled. Now run along, you two. But if you come back here looking all starry-eyed at each other, I guarantee that the consequences will be fatal. Now, you know what you're gonna do, Nick. Yeah, sure, boss. When we reach there, you get in the crate. Me and Pete will carry you up to Roger's babe's apartment and leave you there. For exactly 30 minutes. For exactly 30 minutes. Then we come back. We tell the building manager that we made a mistake and pick you up again. Right? Right. And see that you don't forget. Okay, but suppose there's some slip-up. Slip-up? How can there be a slip-up? Well, suppose they didn't use them tickets, for instance. <laughs> Do you think I'm that careless, Nick? Before you carry me upstairs, you call the theater and you see if the seats are occupied. If they are, the coast is clear. Hey, that's a smart idea. Gee, boss, you think of everything. Yeah. Now stop worrying, Nick. This is in the bag. Or should I say, in the crate. <laughs> the ticket taker straight ahead. Hurry up, Sprightly. We're late. The show's already started. Listen, I hear music. Huh? Of course you hear music. But a, a violin? Sure. Dijori is one of the world's greatest fiddle scrapers. Dijori? A fiddler? Oh, heck. I thought we were going to hear Jimmy Fiddler. Oh, the Hollywood gossip reporter? Oh, for Pete's sake. Why would you think that he would be on stage at the Academy of Music? Your ticket, sir. Huh? Oh, uh, yes. Here you are, miss. Thank you. Now just go through that door, and an usher will escort you to your seat. Hello? 
This way, please. The performance has started, so be sure to be quiet. Yes, uh, of course. Thank you. Go ahead, Sprightly. Here are your seats, G5 and G7. Enjoy the performance. Gee, look it. Is that DG Hori? Mm-hmm. How do you like his haircut? What haircut? He looks like an English sheepdog. Oh, sir, I almost forgot. A gentleman phoned earlier to check on whether you had arrived. If he calls again, I'll be sure to tell him that you're here. Huh? A gentleman called? Shh. Hush. Be quiet. Shh. Oh, uh, pardon us, please. We're very sorry. You're sorry? You're sorry, young man? We're all sorry that you came here. But I tell you, I can't open Miss Rogers' apartment to anyone. You're the manager of this dump, ain't you? I'm the manager of this apartment building, if that's what you mean. And you got the key to her apartment? Yes, of course. The master key. Well then, wise up! This here crate has got a valuable piece of statuary inside it. I ain't leaving it out in no hall for nobody. Give me a hand here, Pete. Well, I don't know. If she's not home, I really shouldn't let you. I'll see if she's in. Miss Rogers? Miss Rogers! <laughs> Waste your breath, lady. I beg your pardon? Uh, oh, nothing. I just said I was out of breath. That box was heavy. Oh, I see. Well, I'll try again. Yes? Oh, hello, Mrs. Saunders. What can I do for you? What, what the? Oh, Miss <laughs> Rogers. I'm sorry to disturb you, but these delivery men insisted on bringing this piece of statuary to you tonight. Statuary? For me? Look, maybe I made a mistake. No. This is Miss Rogers. Yeah, but that is... Maybe I got the wrong Miss Rogers. You said you were looking for the Miss Ann Rogers who writes the newspaper column. Yes, that's definitely me. Bring it in, please. Well? Okay, I'll put it, Pete. Put it right over there, in that empty corner. Watch out for that chair. That's perfect. Here's a tip for each of you. Have a nice evening, and thanks for all that hard work. Don't mention it, lady. Come on, Pete. Good night, Miss Rogers. Good night, Mrs. Saunders. Statuary? There's something fishy about this. I wish Jeff and Sprightly were here. I'm not going to open this without a witness. This smells like some kind of trap. I wonder if I can reach Inspector Collins at the Detective Bureau. He might not be there this late. Well, it wouldn't hurt to try, anyway. Hang up, Miss Rogers. <gasps> what? Zajetti! Yes, Zajetti. Now, 
hang up and do it quick. So what do you want? You know what I want, Miss Rogers. Certain papers and... No, I'm not here to play games with you. So just stand still and stay right where you are. One false move and your very pretty face will be part of a dead body. We'll return to our gripping story in just a minute. But first, a word from our sponsor. In 1825, in the American West, a thief... I'm Roland Pilcher of New Orleans. ...and a teenaged widow... It's Mrs. Bernard, Nuna Bernard. ...kill each other. Stop! Not until you Uh, are dead! But take a wrong turn on the way to the afterlife. You're in a very big hole. Let go of my foot! And wind up back among the living by mistake. Why are you alive when I saw you dead with my own eyes? I don't know. The only way these mortal enemies can hang on to their souls is to partner up. You are worse than putrid dog meat, Mr. Pilcher. That is so rude, Mrs. Bernard. For eternity. I would kill you again if I could. Well, too bad. You can't kill me. This is The American Immortal. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Living isn't supposed to be permanent. The only thing permanent is death. Sometimes not even then. And now, back to Hot Copy. Threatened with exposure and a prison term for fraud, the phony Count Zaghetti has weaseled his way into Anne's apartment, and now he threatens her life. Meanwhile, at the Academy of Music, Sprightly and Jeff enjoy a violin concert for which tickets had been sent to Anne as the complimentary gift of a desperate killer. Gentleman called. If the gentleman calls again... What did you say, Jeff? Huh? Oh, I was just thinking about what that usher said right before he left. I don't understand what he was talking about. The usher? What did he say? He said if the gentleman called again, he'd tell him that I'm here. Gentleman? What gentleman? I don't know! But I'm going to have to talk with that usher. Excuse me, Sprightly. Shh. Quiet, please. Shh. Hush. Wait, Jeff. Do you think something's the matter? Could be. First, these free tickets out of the blue, and now... Quiet down, you two. Shush. Hush up. You know, some people come to a concert to hear the music. Oh, Pooh. I'll be right back. No, wait. I'm coming with you. This behavior is outrageous. I'm going to speak to the manager. Sajetti, what are you doing here? I think that's rather obvious, isn't it? But what puzzles me, Miss Rogers, is... Why are you here? My assistant Nick called the theater, and they assured him that the seats I purchased 
for your use, were occupied. Then it was you who sent those tickets? Yeah, my dear young lady. And foolish of you not to use them. It would have spared both of us much, uh, trouble. What do you mean, trouble? Obviously, it'd be insane to let you go to the police and report that Count Zajetti had broken into your apartment and removed certain incriminating papers. You mean, you're going to? Come on, Miss Rogers, let's get down to business. Much as I regret the fact, I can enjoy the pleasure of your company for only a few minutes. I'm expecting Nick in half an hour. Well, where are the papers? Do you think I'm foolish enough to tell you? I think you're wise enough to tell me. And spare yourself unnecessary eh, unpleasantness. I warn you, Miss Rogers. Stand still. You don't want me to answer it? No. Just wait till it stops ringing. Your wish is my command. What are you smiling about? Smiling? Am I smiling? You expecting a call? Oh, no, no. Not actually, but, well... Well, what? What? Many people know I'm home tonight, Sajetti, including the switchboard operator downstairs. If I don't answer that call, someone will come up to bring me a message or to find out why. I see. Okay, then, answer it. Thanks. That's very nice of you. But remember, I'm standing right beside you. If I hear one hint or one word of warning... Yes, yes, I understand. Hello? Hello, Anne. It's Jeff. Oh, hello, Jeff. I'm glad you called. Careful. Anne, are you all right? Am I all right? Who is it? What does he want? It's the friend who used the concert tickets you sent. He wants to know if I'm all right. What makes him ask that? I don't know. Wait, I'll find out. Why do you ask, Jeff? Well, there's something strange going on. Somebody called the theater twice to find out if our seats had been occupied. Was it you? Why, why, yes, Jeff, I called. You did? Why? Well, I... I just wanted to make sure that you got there, that's all. I didn't want you to miss any of the performance. Get rid of him already. For Pete's sake, is that all? Well, okay. But you're sure you're all right? Me? Oh, yes, I'm fine. What are you doing? Oh, just, just... Tell him something. Anything. Make some excuse and hang up. All right, all right. I'm just having a snack, Jeff. Snack? I'm in the middle of my favorite type of sandwich. What's that? I'm embarrassed to say. I'll just ask brightly. She'll tell me. Oh, boy. She knows all of my secrets. <laughs> you shouldn't have told me that. Now I have a few more things I need to ask her. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, Jeff, I'd love to keep talking, 
but I've got things to do, so I need to hang up, and you need to run back and listen to DiGiori. And oh, one more thing. When he plays the list fantasy, please think of me. For sure, Annie. I'll see you later. Bye-bye. Till then. Goodbye, Jeff. Well, was my performance satisfactory, maestro? What was that about a sandwich? A crook is suspicious of everything he hears. Sajetti, you think you're smart, but you're just like all the rest of them. But I'll answer your question anyway. Jeff asked me what I was doing. I just said the first thing that popped into my head. Then I made a little small talk so that my side of the conversation would sound natural. All right, fine. It's a good thing for you that you did what you did. One false boy that I would have. Yes, I know. I suppose that you're planning to do it anyway, just later on. Yeah, later on. At a more suitable time and in a more suitable place. What do you mean by that? Fortunately, Nick selected a crate with lots of room in it. When I leave here, you're leaving with me. That is, if you don't mind sharing my rather unusual method of conveyance, my dear young lady. Well, Jeff? Nothing, Sprightly. Nothing at all. So, she's all right? Yeah. I guess I was being suspicious of shadows. Oh, well. Hey, let's just go and catch the rest of the performance. Suits me. Here's our row, I think. Row G? Yes, that's right. I never remember another, but I always remember a bald head. <laughs> Pardon, sir. Oh, excuse me. Look out, everyone. Here they come again. Uh, pardon me, ma'am. Sorry, sir. Hurry up. Be quiet and sit down. Jeff? Yeah? What was she doing? Making herself a sandwich. Shh. Hush. Quiet down, you two. Shh. Sandwich? What kind? <laughs> I don't know. She said it was her favorite kind, and that I should ask you. Oh, jam. Shh. Hush up. Please. Thank you. Uh, thank you. And uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, I will play one of the most brilliant compositions of my favorite composer. The great Franz Liszt. To many, the name of Liszt is synonymous with gentle pastorals. But in this composition you will find stronger emotions. The pall of death, the threat of terrible, impending doom. It hangs like a dark cloud over the magnificent Hungarian fantasy by Liszt. Liszt? Mm? Liszt and said that when I heard the list Hungarian fantasy, to think of her. Jeff, what are you mumbling about? Fantasy. Hungarian. Great Scott. Spitely. What you just said. Jam. Sandwich. Why, why, yeah, that's right. 
Shh. Be quiet. This is ridiculous. Hush up. Someone call the usher. She's in the middle of a jam. That's what I meant. Hungarian? Zajetti? Come on! We gotta get out of here, now! Excuse me, sir. Uh, pardon me. Pardon. Wait for me. Sorry, sir. Excuse me. Pardon me. Sorry. See, this is why I hate going to the theater. People have absolutely no decorum. Now look, lady, I know it's unusual, but we made a mistake. The crate shouldn't have never been delivered to this apartment in the first place. I gotta pick it up and take it back, see? But you can see for yourself. Miss Rogers isn't here now. I can't allow you to simply walk into her apartment and pick up a crate. Aw, oh, don't be a dope. It's sealed up, ain't it? Don't that prove she found out it wasn't meant for her? Well, there is something to what you say. Sure there is. I know what I'm doing. Give me a hand here, Pete. But I didn't see Miss Rogers go out. Well, maybe she just happened to leave and you wasn't in the lobby just then. Well, that's true, of course. Hey, boss, you in there? Okay, Pete. Uh, man, this is really heavy. Be careful of the woodwork, please. Okay, is that an elevator? Can you please hold it till we get there? Of course. Thanks. Yeah, I see. What's going on, Mrs. Saunders? Oh, Mr. Warren. These delivery men seem to have made a mistake. They brought this piece of statuary to Miss Rogers earlier this evening. Now they've come back to pick it up. Look, bud, if you don't mind, please get out of the way. This thing is heavy. No, let it go. Huh? Drop that crate. There's something fishy going on here. Jeff, Annie's not in her apartment. In that case, I know where she is. She's in that crate. All right, you two dopes. Listen up. Don't drop it. Just lay it down real gentle. Jeff, it's Inspector Collins. Hi, Sprightly. I happened to be in the neighborhood and thought I'd stop by and say hi to Anne. This ain't no time for a friendly chat, Inspector. That guy just grabbed a gun out of his pocket. Why, hello, Nick. Fancy meeting you here. I thought you were in the penitentiary. Well, I was, but I got... A rope ladder, no doubt? You can reminisce some other time... They've got Anne in that crate. Oh, yeah? 
Put down the crate. But first, give me that gun, you idiot. You obviously haven't noticed, but I've got one too. I've had it in my hand from the moment I recognized you, Nick. Great heavens! Uh, Pete! Get him! If Pete's a smart boy, he'll stand still or get a bullet in the arm, just like you, Nick. Mrs. Saunders, sprightly, open that box, please. Of course! Oh, yes, this minute! Boss! Uh, come out shooting! Uh, that cop has a gun on you! Oh, so it's Sajetti in there, eh? Where's Anne? I don't know nothing about nothing! No? Well, maybe if I tell Inspector Collins to shoot a few air holes in that box, you'll be more talkative. Hey, what are you trying to do? Rescue my remains? Annie. You're all right. Hiya, baby. First you throw me down three flights of stairs. Then you talk about shooting me full of holes while I was inside of that box. What gallantry. The, the boss, he, he's dead. No, not dead. Just enjoying 40 winks. He was on the bottom when we got dropped. Thank heavens. When we landed, he got knocked out. <laughs> Too bad. I was looking forward to telling Sajetti how we tricked him, Jeff. Oh, well. But there's always visitor's day at the jail, you know? That's exactly where he'll be in a few minutes. I just made a call for a squad car to come and pick up these knuckleheads. Well, Annie, since you're in an explaining mood, would you mind telling me the whole story? The only thing that I know is that Jeff mumbled something into his beard then jumped up and ran out of the theater like a wild man. <laughs> I guess he must have been pretty wild. It sounds like you figured out my sandwich gag, Jeff. Not right off the bat. Not even after Sprightly told me that your favorite sandwich was jam. It finally began to dawn on me while listening to Di Giori talking about the Hungarian fantasy being filled with overtones of death and impending doom. That's when I put two and two together. Zajetti, the phony Hungarian count. But where does the sandwich fit in? Oh, Sprightly, I can't believe you haven't figured it out already. The thing that Anne was trying to tell me was that she was in a jam. Right, Annie? Yes, I'd already heard the performance, so I knew Di Giori would perform Hungarian fantasy. So I was pretty sure of what he was going to say. But even so, I knew my hint wasn't great. But Sajetti was standing right next to me, so I needed to talk fast and hope it would make sense and that Jeff would figure it out. Hungarian fantasy. Jam sandwich. Well, all I've got to say is I'm glad those tickets were for a concert. You two secret code amateur experts would have been in a heck of a fix if Zagetti had sent tickets for a performance of Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Are you kidding did I say something wrong? That show has been sold out since it first opened. It's absolutely insane to think anybody could get two good seats for Oklahoma. Correction, please. Two good seats plus a box. Thank you for tuning in to Hot Copy Radio Theater. 
We truly hope that you enjoyed our recreation of Compliments of a Killer, a lost episode of the radio audio drama Hot Copy, originally broadcast on Sunday, October 22nd, 1944. Our cast on this episode featured Rhonda Sigler Ware as Ann Rogers, Samantha Thompson as Sprightly Poole, Patrick Broncato as Jeff Warren, Jerry Kokich as Sigetti, Stephen Fisher as Nick, Sharon Grunwald as the apartment manager, Christian Newhouse as Inspector Collins, Glenn Haskell as DeJory, Kit Karen as the ticket taker, Logan Smith as the usher and also as your announcer. In addition, the following voices were also heard on this episode. Aaron Ratson, Alyssa Petrie, Dante Barber, Ashley Kraft, Frank Guglielmelli, Chrissy Talon-Sage, Jack Billings, Karen Corrado, Joe Stofko, Kathleen Lee, Ethan Horton, Mia Rora, Richard Rowe, Gwendolyn Lim. This episode was adapted from the original script written by Nelson S. Bond. All sound effects are from freesound.org. Hot Copy Radio Theater is produced and edited under the direction of Jim Goodluck. Now, if you like this show, please take a moment of your time and go to Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, then give a five-star rating and review for Hot Copy Radio Theater. And, if your favorite streaming service carries this show and allows you to give a rating, please be sure to rate us on there also. Finally, if you would like to contact any of the voice actors from this episode, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions in regard to this show, please send an email to hotcopyradiotheater at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter as at hotcopyradio. In addition, we have a Facebook page where you can make comments and give feedback. We invite you to tune in again on the 10th of each month for another thrilling presentation of Hot Copy Radio Theater.